and welcome to the Novice No Longer podcast, episode six. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Novice No Longer podcast, where every week I help you build better products and get the press you deserve. I am super excited for this week's episode because it really, truly is about being an entrepreneur and building a successful app, starting from just not even having an idea. My guest today is Gabriel Velez, and he is a freelance designer who... I actually met at a hackathon, and it was at a hackathon, well, the the Startup Weekend hackathon, that he really started working on his current project, which is Line Snap, which helps people who are sick and tired of waiting in lines, which I'm sure is almost everybody here. So I'm not going to go too much into details because I want to let Gabriel really get into it, talk about his approach to design and how Line Snap came to be and how it's been evolving. It's a really, really interesting interview. And if you even don't have an idea, but you want to build a product, following this roadmap will get you there. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into the podcast. If you like this, please go into iTunes, give me a rating, give me a review. It helps me out a lot. And here you are, the interview with Gabriel Velez. Gabe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dan. Yeah, how have you been? Appreciate it. Yeah. Been great. Uh, Working, working, working. Yeah, Uh, great. That's, you know, that's what we got to do in this economy, work. (laughs) It's really, it's true. And I really, I enjoy design and I enjoy the type of stuff that you do. So I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show to talk about that aspect. Yeah. I think a lot of times people focus on the kind of the development and the coding aspect of it and will often forget about design and how important it is. And just like a designer needs the code, code needs good design or else nobody's going to be drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's especially nowadays, um, especially with, as, as we talk about in the mobile space, it's become more and more predominant how important design is. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you mean mean by that? Well, Look, you can see how it is. Um, you know, we, you know, the Apple, Apple came out with their iPhone. Um, I usually call it the Jesus phone. It was one of the first out there in the market of its kind. And it was, you know, really, it was about very clean, very concise design. Um, you know, uh, a, a lot of people know about uh, Jonathan Ives, Sir Johnny Ives, who's very uh, influential in the exterior design of, uh, you know, products for Apple. And I think, you know, when when Android first came out, it was uh, one of those things that was working its paces. But now, you know, even Google, their design has so much improved over the over the years to you know to to work to catch up. And I think it's very important that you know people really do focus on design um, yeah. on their apps because so you know, quite that, honestly, nobody wants an ugly app. Yeah, and you're kind of saying that the iPhone started an appreciation for design that didn't really exist before. Well, I mean, there was always an appreciation for design. I think part of it is, is you know, um, I mean, I'm going to show some of my age. You know, you used to have the uh, flash, um, you know, skip intro phase, right? Yeah. In which, you know, you had all this technology, but then there was a lot of ugly implementation of it. Oh, restaurant because pages. Because everybody wanted to, yeah. Every restaurant really, page. Really, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, there's still some, uh, some sites that still do that, believe mm-hmm. it or not, that still have flash, which is scary. But... I mean, that's just the way it was back then. But again, it was sort of like uh, it was an overutilization of the technology and not so much the focus as much on the design. You know, I mean, because that was one of the first times you can see things like move around on the screen and, you know, people were like creating crazy animations. But some of it wasn't focused on, you know, design, not just as an, from an aspect, uh, aspect of looking good, but from also an aspect of, you know, function. You know what I mean? Using it for function and form. And, and I think especially now in mobile, because you have such a limited screen space, you have some amazing constrictions, and that's created some amazing things as a result through design. Yeah, and one of the things about the mobile space, especially right now, is maybe like four or five years ago, you could create an app and it would just get downloaded simply because it existed. I mean, you you put it on your social mm-hmm. networks, you had people say it, and now... 
just so much exists out there that you need to have good design in order to stand out. Because if you just have an app, it's just going to disappear. There's millions of apps. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many that you need the design in order to actually be appealing and be needed. Yeah. I mean, before it was just as simple as just a, you know, just to find an app is just, you know, you just go to the app store, you know, uh, and just look, and there it was. You know what I mean? Whatever you wanted to search, you pretty much could easily find it. And now it's become a lot more difficult. There's a lot, lot of clutter, per se. I mean, I, and I don't mean that so much in a negative space, in a negative manner. It's just that there's a lot. You know what I mean? Um, uh, in every, in almost every space, there's a lot of different kinds of apps and and apps that do similar things. And I mean, it, and that's and that's fine, especially you know today's market and the way things are. You know, you want to find the app that does work for you. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's very important. Uh, but at the same time, it does make it harder if you're developing and designing and putting an app together. You kind of want to try to find a way to get to the front of the line in a sense. And that's where the competition and that's where all the work comes from. Yeah. I mean, if you post a, yeah. a screenshot of your application and it looks beautiful, people are going to want to download it. And mm-hmm. I mean, somebody else could do the exact same thing that your app does, have screenshots that doesn't look appealing, and they will never get downloaded. Yeah, that's just the sad fact. I mean, there is no, like, I, I think it's amazing, uh, especially now today, you have amazing technology that does analytics, uh, specialized testing. I mean, you have some amazing, amazing stuff, products out there that do that. And but sometimes even you can do all of that and test it as much as possible. And sometimes the people just don't show up to it. You, you, you know, it's not like just like feel how they had the movie Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. It doesn't you know completely work that way all the time. Yeah, it used so. to be. Not anymore. So no, tell no. us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in design. Ooh, well, I was. Um, while I was going to college, I was working for a family business, which was in manufacturing promotional products. Um, I did that for about 10 years, actually creating uh, tchotchkes, creating key tags, paperweights, doing everything from black and white mechanical designs to um, basic Photoshop uh, 3D-looking renderings because I wasn't really a 3D guy, but enough that a client can see what, it, what a product was going to look like before they made an order. Um, and it was a family business, which basically meant that I had a whole bunch of hats. So not only was I doing some basic creatives as far as just creating mock-ups, but, you know, um, literally talking to clients, uh, doing customer service, helping them with their products, um, going to conventions, actually, and selling products um, on the road. Um, It was a pretty intensive thing, and I did it for about 10 years. And then I kind of got a little burnt out from all of the intensity of it, um, and I decided to get in a job. And I ended up landing a job at the Brooklyn Philharmonic Orchestra, um, RIP. It's now defunct, unfortunately. And uh, I spent there two seasons over there handling all their creatives, uh, believe it or not, on a print level, not even nothing really that digital. Um, they already actually had had a company hired to do their website. Uh, it was a, a dreadful experience, unfortunately, for them. But mm-hmm. um, I did that for about two years, uh, doing everything from designing uh, brochures, to creating uh, booklets, ads, um, email blasts, things of that nature. Um, and I started, when I was there, I started messing with coding in my free time. Just simple, you know, HTML, CSS. Uh, was basically trying to learn how to create a mobile web app. Um, you know, just using simple, you know, HTML, CSS at the time. And this is sort of pre-HTML5, CSS3, like, hype. Yeah. I guess you can call it. Um, yeah. You can do a lot more now than you used to be able to do years oh, ago definitely. with simple HTML definitely. and CSS. Yeah. Me just, it was just like, oh, I can design a list view and it, it can move to another screen. Ooh, mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I did that. Unfortunately, they really weren't in that into that um, at the time. They weren't really thinking about mobile at the time. I mean, I get, this is like, we're talking about. Five, yeah, about five years ago. Nobody really was. And then, yeah, no. Yeah, the people that were are the people that are at the the top of their game right now because they were thinking about it so early. Yeah. So I, I basically at the time I had gotten, of course, the iPhone. Um, it was my first. I, I've pretty much had every iPhone almost every year except the five. 
because mm-hmm. um, I was happy with the 4S at the time. But um, I skipped the 5 So what well. ended up happening – yeah. Whatever – what ended up happening ironically was um, we had a, an election. Our president got elected. I was very cheerful. And then the next day I get carted into a room and the CEO basically told me they had to cut a half a million dollars off their budget out of fear. And they told me basically they had to cut my position. So um, five years ago, I ended up unemployed. And the reason why I say this no, but the reason why I say this funny enough is one of the best days of my life. Yeah. Um, I had been freelancing on the side already for a few clients. And what this sort of was for me was a wake up call to tell me, look, you can go on on your own, try it out. Um, At least you have some unemployment to help you out here and there. But, you know, see what you can do. And ever since then, for the last five years, I've been working from home designing. Um, and it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, yeah. There's so many people um, that have lost a job due to the economy or some just forces outside of their control. And then it's inspired them to really build a business. And yes. I, for a lot of people, that's what it is because it, it's, it's scary to just jump out there and do it on your own. Definitely. There, there's no question. I... I I, and I and I do say it's not for everyone, because I, I know for every person that tells me, "Oh, you have it great," you know, there are the Saturdays and Sundays that I'm working while they're hanging out with their families and their friends. You know what I mean? So it's 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 not it's not for the faint of heart. But you know, if you have the ambition to do it, you know, by all means, go for it. Um, you know, uh, I, I, again, I, I say I'm sort of lucky in a way because I already had certain clients. I already had certain things sort of lined up already on the side that I never really dispersed of. And this was just an opportunity for me to go at it full time. Yeah. So um, I know with freelancing, something that a lot of people don't think about is that when you work for a job, usually you have one boss, maybe a couple of managers on there. But when you're doing a freelancer or when you are a freelancer, every single client of yours is your boss. So you can have a huge range of bosses. And the other issue is sometimes your bosses don't like to pay you. And so you have to constantly (laughs) email them and be on top of them and keep track of your money uh, insanely well just because you have so many bosses and they're not always the most responsible people. Yes, and, and the sad thing is most creatives aren't that organized, oh, so yeah. it's very difficult That's so true. <laughs> to try to juggle. Yeah, you and know, if you're going um, off on your own and you don't have a, a reference for those systems to set up, like how should I be doing billing or how should I be organizing mm-hmm. my time, it, it can be hard to yes. kind of get those structures in place. I, I think so. And I think, you know, uh, it, it, actually for freelancers it becomes very interesting because – when you start off, a lot of times you'll, you'll almost take anything because, you know, you have the rent to pay, you have a mortgage, you have bills, you know, so like almost, you know, after a while it becomes when you start, it's like beggars can't be choosers to a degree. Oh, yeah. Like you take what they give you. So, um, but then after a while, as you start building your clientele, as you start, you start building your business, as you start making decisions as to what your business is going to be, you know, you make changes. Um and I think, but that, but I do think that's also a great thing because part of the idea of freelancing is trying to be somewhat flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. You have to be flexible with your clients. You have to be flexible with your business. But it's it's actually not a bad thing because you can also be nimble in a way, and you can say, okay, I want to tackle this. I don't want to tackle this. You know what I mean? Um, as I said, I started from actual mechanical design, um, and I've I transitioned into print. Um, and then from there, I, you know, now I'm doing web and now I'm doing mobile. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's part of the, it's a learning process no matter what, which is great because it keeps the brain going, but you know, you have to sort of be willing to adapt to different spaces and, and learn new things, you know? Oh, definitely. You got to keep and those skills up to date. When you, when you first started freelancing uh, after you lost yes. your job, were you doing uh, continuing to do print stuff like you were doing at your previous job or had yes. you moved into web at that point because you had been learning it on your own? Well, actually I had gone into print. I had already a huge amount of print clients. I had one client specifically that was a, uh, he was a, uh, a promotional products distributor that I actually met from the job before. 
Um, and he was handling, uh, you know, companies like Brookstone and Hudson News, selling products to them. So my job for him was to do everything from creating mock-ups, like, you know, putting, you know, artwork on mugs and T-shirts to creating, like, catalogs for him to show to his clients. Um, and then uh, I was doing that. I was also doing some, you know, I'm in, a New Yorker here, and I'm, I'm, I'm no uh, stranger to nightlife, and I actually have a lot of friends who are pretty affluent in nightlife. So I was doing a lot of, like, nightlife flyers just to get cash, just to get by. Yeah, those guys are um, everywhere. Everybody always needs the nightlife flyers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's a market, unfortunately, that's just – it. it's it's great when you're starting. It's, yeah. You know, as, it's, hard, it's not really great to build. But, you know, it, it was, you know, I was fortunate enough that I had friends that were able to be like, here, can you do this for me? Here, can you do – you know, and, and it worked out. And then I actually, through referrals, ended up with other clients. Most of my clients have been fortunate enough for me have been all word of mouth. Um, so, which, which is amazing because here I am doing digital things yet my business is coming in a very old school way. Um, but it's, I actually do like the organic part of it. Um, so that's the best way to grow. Yeah. I I, I sort of good clients. You have happy clients who tell their friends and then they go and that's how you know that you're going to be working with good people rather than just a random person who messaged you and found you somehow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you just, Keep growing if you're doing good work. Yeah. And also, I mean, the advantage of it, too, is, you know, because you're getting referrals from client to client, you know, they already sort of have expectations of what you can or can't do because they've heard it from somebody else. Because sometimes it's, it's, it's for, 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 for people sometimes, you know, that's why I guess testimonials are very strong uh, on the web and, and all over because testimonials, it's, it's a third party saying that you're worth something. You know what I mean? It's social proof, yeah. It's social proof, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I managed to do that, and I was doing some printing work, doing designs actually for uh, for a printer who was doing work with uh, the NAACP. I had another one who was doing some more urban kind of stuff with record companies uh, as far as just postage, posters and whatnot. Um, and I started doing that. And then I started messing with some of the stuff as, doing, as far as doing web. I actually, believe it or not, my gateway drug was WordPress. Um, it's amazing how I say gateway drug because it's now like 20% of the internet. But um, I started to mess with the idea of themes and child themes with that. And what that ended up leading me to do is learn about frameworks so I can speed up my development work. And then I got to the degree in which I was learning just to build sites on my own without a developer, uh, just using some simple, you know, HTML, CSS, PHP. Um, language and just be able to start building that for small businesses. And that became a huge part of my business after a while. It just became a, a very influential part and with the part that I, I, I like the most because, you know, the print stuff, it pays, but it doesn't pay the greatest. And, you know, websites, you know, you can kind of structure your pay schedules and, and be a little more structured as to how you handle it. You know, you just have to be on top of things. Yeah, you know, like you said before, um, and then um, I got then what changed me, what actually really got me into mobile was uh, hackathons. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent five years sitting in, you know, working by myself, and, and as great as it is, you know, there is no real other social interaction with other designers. There's not much. I mean, uh, I had gone to meetups, and meetups are great. But I wanted to be able to see how it was in like a working environment to work with people, to work with developers more. Um, a lot of times when I was doing stuff, it was uh, even dealing with developers on any other projects uh, as a, on a freelance level. It was more like, okay, you put the design together, you ship it out to them, and they sort of figure it out. It's, yeah. It wasn't very like hands-on. It's not as so, interactive than a hackathon. No. And actually a hackathon too, for all the listeners out there, is how Gabe, you and I met. So that's correct. Yeah, we met at a hackathon, and I know that I've only been to a couple of them, but you're pretty active in that community. So, can you describe just basically if people here haven't actually been or heard of hackathons, kind of what they are and what drew you to them? Well, in essence, a hackathon, the funny thing is people think about like hackers and the negative uh, black hat part of it, but the reality is hackers are, are, are places where developers get together. And they build stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite honestly, uh, they're like they're sort of like contests. They usually happen like for a weekend. 
um, where these developers are pulling overnighters, you know, drinking a lot of coffee, sitting in front of their laptops, trying to build things. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. Um, I just want to say that because hackers, a lot of people have a negative connotation with that. And they think that it's the people that are going to Target and stealing the credit cards or they're the ones that are breaking in and doing stuff. And, of course, that is one term. Uh, or one but, I mean, thing that hackers, part of it. but hacking just in general is a umbrella term is people that mm-hmm. are kind of putting stuff together to make other stuff work. And you're kind of like hacking stuff together. So like if you were to hack together a chair out of wood that you found in your backyard, you'd be hacking it together. And that's kind of how it is for digital, because what you're doing is you have an idea for a product and then you have a set amount of time and then you got to hack it together and make it work somehow. And that's kind of what these people are doing in these groups, right? Yes, pretty much. Um, what happened for me was this happened actually about – I started I think about three years ago. Um, it's the very first time I had found out there was a place here in Manhattan, uh, General Assembly, um, which of course is very popular now. But and they're all at over the now. Time, I, yeah, it's all over. At the time, I didn't know much about it. And they had a, a – a, a, what is it? Photo Hack, which um, this company uh, – I'm trying to remember. I think it was Aviary. I probably could be completely wrong about that. Um that was that basically was a big sponsor, and basically they were doing, um, they were doing photo filters, right? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Aviary. They were doing photo filters, uh, literally before Instagram. So like it, they sort of started at one time as like a, a flash uh, competitor, and then they transitioned into doing photos. And there's a photo el- editor that used filters and frames. And it was literally it was it was something that they were pretty much building for the web, you know. So this is again this was pre Instagram, which is crazy. Um, so they had a, a hackathon and basically had all these uh, what they call APIs. Um, I, I think your audience by now is probably familiar with APIs and SDKs. I hope. Yeah, um, APIs it basically a way for an app to connect to another service or app through code. Exactly. So what happens is, is these companies they come, they they show they they basically say here here's our API, why don't you guys make something creative with it, make something cool, and usually the coolest one who uses our API we may give you a prize. Um, you have that, and then you have some of the uh, hackathons where they sort of do like a best of show, like a best out of everyone they feel um, with judges. Yeah, there's a bunch of different uh, so, formats. Yes, there's a whole bunch of different formats. When I went, it was very simple. It was more like, okay, here, here's our API. Just make a hack, right? So um, I walked in there. I knew nobody. I knew nobody, and um, I actually ended up meeting a, 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 a lady who was a she was a, a PM at a, at, a, at a company, but she wanted to build an app, and she yeah, actually project already manager, had, right? Yeah, okay. she already. Project manager, that's correct. And she already had like a team of uh, developers. She had a, a back-end developer and a front-end iOS developer. And she was basically like, you know, we're looking for a designer. Would you be interested in, you know, hanging with us? And, you know, so I said, okay, fine. So we started working on an app uh, there. And uh, we actually um, won a $100 gift certificate from, you know, Flickr. Awesome. Uh, which was great. Yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, that was actually a very positive tone for me. So it was like, oh, wait, I can win little things too and meet people. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I started doing the hackathons as a result. Um, did, of course, Angel Hack where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, although our Angel Hack experience was very, not the most positive experience. Well, it was positive because we met, but it wasn't, yeah. you know, it was a weird experience. Yeah. Well, um, I the, this was the case. second Angel Hack that I had gone to. The first one that I went to was, uh, a few months prior, it was in 2002, mm-hmm. and that was my very first yeah. hackathon of anything. And I was really nervous because I had worked halfway through uh, the Twitter Bootstrap tutorial or the the Ruby on Rails tutorial that had Twitter Bootstrap. So I knew like mm-hmm. the basics yeah. of putting together the layout for a website. So I went and I was, just wanted to check it out. I ended up partnering with one person, and we ended up being one of the ten winners, which was crazy. Which they flew crazy. us out to San Francisco. It had the tour of Google campus. We got to present and it was awesome. And so it was a really cool experience for me, especially because I didn't really have a background in this. I kind of just showed up, Mm -hmm. did as much as I could, literally hacked it together just because I was looking up how to do things as I was doing it and trying to pretend I knew. And 
you can end up winning. It's possible. Oh, yeah. It is possible. And I think that's sort of the interesting thing about it. Um, I worked – before I had worked on an app over there with a team, um, and I had actually worked more more on the web end of things and and logos and branding. Um, And and we did all right. We didn't win. And then that hackathon we went to kind of was completely a stark difference. Um, And then the one after that – was actually where I believe I met my partner, Rafa, in the project I'm working right now, which is uh, LineSnap. Yeah, and I want to talk to you a little bit about LineSnap. So this is a project that you're working on now that you started at a hackathon? Yes. Um, was this your idea had, or was it his or, or how did this kind believe of it or start? Not, this, this was completely, I will say this, this was his idea. Um, what happened was is that uh, they Angel Hack. They were doing it at a huge in, in, in Dumbo, in downtown Brooklyn. That's such a good location. Uh, which is a digital agency. I love that place. Yeah, great location. Love it too. Um, and basically what happened, we had met at a meet and greet beforehand. They did like a pre-meet and greet meetup at Animoto down in the village. Um, and I had met my partner there in passing. We, we just met like, hi, I'm Rafa. Hi, I'm Gabe. Nice to meet you. We didn't really talk anything about any, any project or anything. Because, you know, uh, but then... Um, I ended up walking into a uh, huge, got there a little late on Saturday, and um, he approached me, and basically while I'm chewing on a bagel, he just told me, I want to disrupt waiting in line. And I looked at him, and I was like, I have never heard that before. Okay. And and then I think the funny thing, and I tell him the kicker was to me, was he basically had told me this is something that he's really passionate about. And he's going to work on this, whether I work with him or not. And he's going to keep working on this no matter what. This is what he wants to do. And I saw it like, you know, that laser-like focus yeah. in, his, in his voice. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Let, let, let's do this. Jumping on board. Yeah. So when we, when we came up with that product, when we started working on it. It was not nearly what it was now. We had a different name for it. Um, and basically, we were talking about how uh, we were to do something that about you know people could swap their places in line and whatnot. And um, it was kind of clunky. Um, funny thing is, you know, we we did not win Angel Hack, but one of the judges seemed to get what we were trying to do, and had made a comment about us, you know, um, how they used uh, another app, Task Rabbit, to pay other people to wait in line for them. Yeah, people do that, especially for iPhone releases uh, here in New yeah. York. You pay somebody to sit in the front of the line, and it's funny. All the, pe- the people at the front of the line for iPhones are always TaskRabbit people waiting for others. Yeah. So so we, we were looking into, you know, keep going afterwards. Um, he lives in New Jersey. Uh, I live all the way out. I live outside the city in Yonkers, but I do drive. Um, you have to drive when you live out here. Mm-hmm. So... I would literally drive to meet with him and we were meeting, we we're having discussions. And then we started, you know, trying to work some ideas out for, for, for some uh, prototyping and some concepts and just trying to work the whole concept out more than anything really plan, um, which was great because, you know, in hackathons, you don't really have much time to plan. Uh, so yeah, you literally have to just had- start working immediately and just get your work out. So does that mean you kind yeah. of, threw away the work that you did during the hackathon and kind of start fresh with the plan- planning stage? Well, or? at first, no. Okay. At first, no. At first, we would still try that idea. And then um, what changed it for us was um, I get a call from Rafa on a Wednesday suggesting that we go to Startup Weekend in June. This was in June of last year. And I, was, I knew nothing about Startup Weekend. I honestly thought it was another hackathon. And I just said, okay, why not? So how is it different from a hackathon? uh, Well, Startup Weekend is more like, uh, you know, it's you're building something, but really more than anything, it's not so much about a hack. It's not so much just about a cool thing. It's about trying to build like a startup business. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a little bit of everything. Um, Basically, the way they they, they like to tier, like the concept of these, of tech startups is the, uh, what is it, the hustler, hipster, hacker. Mm-hmm. You have the, the, the hustler who's the business development guy 
who creates, you know, works business. You have the hipster who's the designer who makes things look nice and make things, you know, function well. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the hacker who's the developer who's building. Okay. So the idea is sort of getting all of that together. So for us, like for me, it was a complete culture shock because I'm not really a business development person. And then all of a sudden, here I am talking about, you know, business models and, 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 and working out, you know, key assumptions. And it was things that I never really thought about. Yeah. But it was awesome for that. And Startup and, Weekend you know, focuses a lot on lean startup methodologies, right? Yes, it does. It, yeah. it, it very much deals with a lot of uh, what lean uh, does. Um, it's very much, you know, if you have an idea, go test it, go prove it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like you, you know, you create a hypothesis and you test it. Yeah, because uh, I mean, so if like you work us, on an app or a product and then nobody actually wants it, you've wasted all that time. If you find that out before you actually start working on it, you're exactly. you're in a good place. Exactly. You know, that's that's part of the thing. Um, a lot of people just want to just I'll just go build it, and it doesn't really always work that way. You have to really sort of know what you're building. You know what I mean? You have to make sure you're building the right thing. Because you you know people and when it all comes down to it, it's all about the users. And the, you know the users need to want you to use you, and want to keep using you. You know what I mean. Uh, the most amazing thing about the app space is the simple fact that you know when you download an app, okay, there's a huge percentage that once they if they ever delete you, you're never coming back to to them. You yeah. know what I mean. And that's kind of that's very powerful thought when you think about it. How final that can be it's gonna take so much work to get them to try you again exactly i mean once you see an app you might see the new icon you're like oh it got refreshed people are downloading it now but if you've already tried it you already have preconceived notions about it and it's gonna take a lot of work yeah i mean there's a lot of different things there's things about how the phone like you you can download an app and it just sits on your phone and you don't use it right but what's even worse it's almost like the kiss of death is if you delete the app you know what i mean it, it it becomes a, a problem because how how are you going to get back on their phone? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How are you going to get back into their hearts? So we we did start up weekend and what was funny about it was um, the way it also works is, you know, not everybody just works on their own, own ideas willy-nilly um, at like a hackathon. You know, with a hackathon, you can be like, oh, I got two other people with me or let's go build this, right? And you just build it and present. With uh, Startup Weekend, it was more like, okay, everybody pitch ideas, and we'll actually post boards on the wall, and everybody votes. Everybody gets like two votes, and we pick a few of the ones with the most votes. And then groups can team up and work on those projects. Right? Yeah. So um, my partner, Rafa, had pitched the idea of waiting in line. No one was receptive at all. No one. I mean, I think we got four votes, and myself and my partner get two votes each. So that just tells you how unpopular it was. <laughs> yeah, um, at that point, it's just a popularity contest. Who can yell the loudest? I I've been to one well, as well, and it my idea did not get any attention. Yeah, scary enough is I had been to one for education before that, and I when I saw that, I was so off put. I just walked out. I didn't realize why they were doing that because, again, I was in hackathons. I was used to, okay, I can come meet with people or make a phone call, talk to somebody, meet with them, and just build whatever we want to build. You know what I mean? This was like, oh, these people have ideas and you're working on them. And I, I, at first, you know, when I went into the, the education one, I didn't understand that. And then Startup Weekend, I was like, okay. Uh, but they had a stipulation in the, in the rules that if you had two or more people you can still work on a project, even if it's not really voted on. So myself and my partner said, look, this is what we are dedicated to do, so, so let's just do it, right? So we started working on our project. We hadn't even called it LineSnap at the time. We actually had called the, the app uh, Because. And uh, the reason why we called it Because was there was an article Rafa had read about how, you know, if, if you're online – and you ask the person behind you to hold your place because you're doing something or you need to do something, they're more likely to let you do it. Right? Yeah, the influence, the, the psychology of that whole stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we started working on it and we started working on assumptions and, and, and working on our, our market research. 
And we started to find, you know, pretty much that, like, the whole idea of swapping places was ridiculous because, you know, people were willing to swap their places in line. But at the same time, you know, the, everybody else on the line would be mad, <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah, no, so, it's true. It's true. So we started working on some assumptions. And part of the assumption became, what if we do something like what TaskRabbit sort of does? Which is, but just focus on lines. It was the idea of let's let's get people to to pay other people to wait for them, right? Sounds simple enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we we mentioned it to some of the mentors there, and that was also another great thing about Startup Weekend. There's mentors, there are people there who are somewhat experienced to to bounce ideas off of. Um, so you're able to talk to them, and they give you feedback, and you know. You take the feedback or you don't, but you know you learn a lot of interesting things. And, and one of the guys, um, Adam Sherbel, I'll shout him out because he was a great person. He still talk. Um, had suggested, why don't you guys just get out of here, go outside, go find lines, go ask questions, and, and, and see if it works. So we went out and actually ended up at the TKTS line, which is for people who don't live in New York. That's the uh, short ticket line in Times Square to allow you to sort of get tickets, usually a half an hour before a show starts. Um, and yeah, it was for Broadway a Broadway shows and stuff, yeah. For Broadway shows, that's correct. So we went there, and we started asking questions. And what we ended up getting from people was um, the younger you were, the more likely you were willing to do this. Um, and literally we had college kids who were like, we don't have money, we can't pay other people, but we wouldn't mind getting paid you know, wait for other people. Mm-hmm. So, so we sort of had a, oh, wow, we can do that. That's crazy. It's incredible. So we started working on a, a you know, an idea and a deck for that. And uh, based on that idea, we won Startup Weekend, which was incredible. We did not expect that to happen. Um, you know, yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations course, from an idea thank, that nobody voted on to winning it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was. It all came down to, for us to, also to the judges, because uh, the, the happiness, happy part of it was two of the judges uh, were actually like, "Look, this is something I would use right now." Yeah. Because some of them had stuff like TaskRabbit, had used other products before to try to you know deal with lines. Um, one of them specifically had mentioned uh, South by Southwest, how he tried to pay somebody to wait in line at a barbecue. Yeah. And it was like a two-hour line kind of thing. So, oh yeah. Yeah. When I went to see so, uh, to South by Southwest, it was insane. I tried to get in to see Elon Musk, and that was not happening. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh huh. Yeah. So we said we felt great, felt validated. We started working and kept working, and we kept testing. And um, we actually, in the end, had to even abandon that concept because we kind of found out is that yes, uh, people are willing to wait, be paid by other people. But the issue of how much was a big disparity. Um, people making the request wanted to pay a certain amount. People who were waiting for others wanted to get paid more. And it was just such a gap that couldn't be filled. Um, so we just kind of said, okay, this is not really working. Um, let's try something else. Let's, let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. So in the end, we, we started um, messing with different models and different ideas. And then it actually came to us when um, – with a with another company out there that does something called uh, Waze. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Waze, um, they're a crowdsourcing app that deals with traffic. Uh, basically, they allow you when you're driving. If you see a traffic jam, you report it. If your car moves slow, you sort of report it. If there's a cop on the side of the street, you report it. And the advantage is that other members, you know, it, who use the app, can basically see that ahead of time. And the app even is able to, you know, uh, re, re, uh, reroute you around them. People that use Waze love, love Waze. Like, they have a really oh, intense fan base. So definitely yes. check it out if you guys haven't seen it. And I'll put the, the link in the show notes. And yes. uh, they were acquired by Google last year. Yeah, they just they got acquired just recently for a, uh, a boatload of money, um, which is good for them. Uh, they're, they're, it's a great app. It's still, it's still an amazing app. I use it, and, and I use it almost religiously because I mean, it's, it's just, it's very feel good. It's, it's, it's very um, powerful, you know, especially in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
we thought, why don't we do something? Why don't we come up with something and work something like that in which, you know, people are sort of able to help other people as far as waiting in line, um, standing in line. So what we started doing is uh, we started testing some ideas out and working on some, some app concepts and doing some validation. And we started to find out that people, you know, were sort of willing to do this. You know what I mean? If they were willing to do it for ways, they're willing to do it while they're standing in line. Because, you know, people are standing in line, they already have the time, so they can help other people out by reporting that time. So, yeah, that makes perfect and, sense. Yeah. And then we started to even take it even deeper with the idea of trying to help each other out in the community by trying to buy on other people's behalf. So, for instance, if uh, if I walk into Starbucks and I see that you know, and I'm online – and I report the time, I can also opt in to let somebody else know, look, I'm here at Starbucks. If you want a caramel macchiato, you know, I can get it for you. You know what I mean? And you can like put the order through the app. Um, the person waiting online will get notified. Uh, they'll make the order for you. Um, and then you basically meet up with them, pick up your caramel macchiato and run the transaction and everybody's good. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's that's really what we've been working on, and it's been uh, real powerful. And you know, of course, the name because did not work for us, so uh, we came up with the idea of line snap because mm-hmm. we wanted to snap lines. Yeah, and you gotta. It, it, that's why talking to your users and actually seeing how people act is so important. Because when you first started out, and Definitely. we're talking about uh, the ways that you would like trade places in line, like that sounded like it would work great, and then you go out there and you realize okay, this isn't actually how people want to behave, so maybe this wouldn't mm-hmm. exactly work. And then it goes through phase and phase until you, you find something that actually works. Yeah. Well, part of it is, you know, what is it? They always say, you know, if, you know, you have, sometimes you have to be willing to pivot. And look, we, we pivoted a few times, but I think, you know, part of it is just we still stay the course and still work on what we believe in, and, and we still believe in this heavily. And, and, you know, we're working on it still. You so, know, we're just... Yeah. going for it how many uh design revisions has this gone through at this point then <laughs> wow that's the okay. big question <laughs> Quite a lot. um let's see when when because started the the uh, when we started when i started because it was a blue a blue a lot of blue screens i actually used uh believe it or not like some weird design uh patterns because i just wanted to do something completely different um, on top of that, my partner, Rafa, is he's brilliant, um, but he's also an Android developer. Mm-hmm. Now, notice how I said that, like, sarcastically. <laughs> we get a kick out of that. But so as a result, I had always, all the hackathons I've dealt with, everything I've always dealt with for, more, for most part was iOS. So putting things together for Android has been an amazing challenge as a designer. In what way? Um, well, when you're dealing with uh, iOS, you're really only dealing with, you know, you're dealing with the standard size and retina, although retina pretty much is the, the standard. So you're only dealing with one screen, one size, right? Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with Android, you're dealing with like six different sizes At least. of screens. Yes. Um, everything from double uh, X high def to low definition. Um, and you want to make sure it works on all the different versions um unfortunately you know when you're dealing with ios you know ios 7 right now is the king right it's huge um penetration rate a lot of people have downloaded it you know there's very few people who are on ios 6 there's barely anybody at all on ios 5 if there are even though ios 7 just came out everybody already has it it's amazing apple prides themselves on that yes The, the the quinceanera colors did it for them (laughs) um but i think and i and i look i love ios 7 let me be the first to say it um but i think you know with android it's so many different sizes you know and you have all these different versions that people have so you know you have to build and be very conscious of that so it's been a challenge for me to design um you know just making you know pixel icons have been like difficult because of the sizing 
you want to make sure it's as clean as possible, no matter what the size is. So it's really, really challenging. Um, and I mean, we've, we've gone through a lot of different, uh, <laughs> designs, schemes. As I said, we started with like a blue, very much a blue, blue and gray kind of schema. Uh, and now we've, we're ending up with something that's a little more grayish and orange and white. And it's a little, it's very different. I yeah. mean, we've, we've definitely gone through our changes and our, and our, and it's, it's a good thing. You know, part of it also is, you know, when you're a traditional designer, like when you're doing print and stuff, you know, you get frustrated when people want to make changes after a while because you don't want to keep reiterating all the time. And then when you realize when you're doing this and you're doing mobile, you have to keep reiterating. So you have to keep moving. You know, it, yeah, it takes it takes it takes getting used to. But I mean, once you once you get get the knack of it, you, you know, you have to start not taking things as seriously. You know, the day of the, uh, I guess, the traditional artist scoffing at changes, you know, it, it, it doesn't really work anymore. You know what I mean? Times are different, so you, you move with it. Um, yeah, so literally, I mean, quite honestly, I'm already doing some some tweaking on, on, on our landing page, which is a linesnap.com two-piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll put, a, I'll put a link in there for all the listeners. No Cool, cool. Um, and basically, you know, we, we're tweaking as we go along. We're A-B testing, trying to see what works, everything from copy to colors. You know, you have to keep on testing to see what works. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? What catches people's eyes. So. Yeah. To pull this all together, I know that a lot of my listeners aren't necessarily designers. They just have an, have an idea or they're working on something. Mm-hmm. And all of this can sound really intimidating, Yes. Uh, if somebody was looking to kind of hire a designer to kind of help them with the layout for their website or app, what kind of tips or tricks would you tell them? Like if they could get the most amount of benefit from the least amount of okay. work or whatever. Well, I think honestly, I, when it comes to to building things, um, actually the question was posed even to me yesterday about the idea of uh, how people now want some people like to build these web apps versus like what we call native, which is the, you know, coded just for the iPhone or coded just for Android. Yeah. And, and what I want to say is it all depends what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. If you're trying to build something to be on the app store, you have to go through, you know, finding the right designers and the right developers to build it. Um, you know, and some of that, you know, you you end up sometimes spending money, and I know people don't like spending money. Sometimes, you know, we don't we don't all don't like spending money if we feel it may be wasted in a way. But I mean, the way I even think of it, I mean, because I've gone through ha- these these different projects with through hackathons. Like um, the first project I actually had worked on at PhotoHack, I had worked with them actually for months, um, and we won some awards. But in the end, it kind of you know went to the ether. And, um, but you know, so you, you think, oh, I wasted all these months, but the reality is I learned a lot, you know what I mean? And think of it like I learned even when you fail, mm-hmm. oh, you know yeah, I, definitely. Mean? I learned a lot. And I think, you know, don't take it too hard on the chin. Uh, it's only money and we'll make, you'll make it back one day or one way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let that, don't let that, that be a big barrier for you. Um, as far as it comes for, you know, uh, people, uh, who want to learn these things? Uh, I mean, quite honestly, the Google is great. I learn a lot from Google. I learn a lot from YouTube, pretty much on a daily basis, um, and I stay learning. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of blogs out there, a lot of websites out there that will tell you what to look for and how to do things. And look, your 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 program is is definitely that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Novice no longer is definitely a, uh, is definitely a tool for that. Thank and you. I think yeah. people need to just don't be afraid of it because the reality is, you know, when I before I even started uh, doing anything on the web, you know, I actually had a, a friend who had a, a web design company and he was building out websites for like 40, 50 grand. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, everything he pretty much built could be done in a WordPress site. Yeah. That you can buy on theme forest for probably seventy five bucks. <laughs> so yeah. don't let it like really do- get you daunting. 
to you, it's more like, you know, you, you have the option to go look for things, go look, go test, go play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the most important to play with different things. Yeah. Go I, ahead. I think one of the most important points that you've made and that I keep hearing from everybody that I talk to and is true for myself too, is that everybody who's doing something cool is self-taught and it's easy to kind of be afraid to get started in an area because you think, okay, well, I don't have a computer science background or I don't have a design background. But the cool thing is, is everybody that's doing cool design went through and they're using Google and they're using everything at their disposal that they can find to make those products. And you, you do that once. I mean, you design, you're, you're Lauren and you designed the pull to refresh and you do that once and that is your legacy. Like you have mm-hmm. that, that's yours. Definitely. And with any Definitely. kind of cool design, if you can just figure out, even if it's, you're, you have no idea if you're doing it right, you're like, I don't know if I'm doing this design right or if I should be drawing this circle first or this line first, but you just do it. You get the final product that looks pretty and you've done it. That, that's all it is to it. Yeah. I think if anything to be willing to test it be willing to hear feedback from people. Oh, definitely. Like, I think that's another great thing. Like, give it, show, show it to your friends. Just literally show it to them. Tell them to click the, the button on the home screen to start. Don't say anything. And just see what they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just see what they like and don't like. And, you know, listen to what they say because they're probably going to end up being your users. They're going to be your champions out there in the world when it comes down to it because that's really what you're doing. You're sort of uh, – uh, not to get religious, you're, you're you're sort of spreading the gospel of your app, and you want your fo- you want followers, you want those people to be in tune with you, and 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 push it out there to the world, and mm-hmm. that's you know that's a great thing. So like, it's great to listen to 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 what other people have to say about these things, and make those changes. You, there is no like definitive method of things because you know things don't always work, but you know if you listen listen to people and you learn. And, and you keep working at it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And quite honestly, you know, it's better to have a failure than nothing at all because at least you did something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know I, what I mean? And that's a powerful thing in itself because there's a lot of people not doing anything. So that puts you already ahead of the game. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for being on the show. This is really Thanks. fantastic. And, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to put a link to LineSnap in the show notes, everybody could check it out because it is really awesome. And uh, yeah, nice talking to you. Pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. My favorite takeaway from this episode is that it's so, so, so important to actually talk to your potential users and get their feedback and allow that to inform how you change your application. And Gabriel has been doing that and it's been working out well for him. If you've enjoyed this, please go onto iTunes, give me a rating, leave me a review. It helps me out a lot, helps other people find the podcast. And until next week, have a good one.